How will banking turn friction into a fiction and elevate the way institutions not only do business, but relationships as well? Relationships have always been a value, but in a digital world that serves consumers via e-commerce, banks have to dig deeper to make a better way. Where does that expedition start, and what do banks need to explore? To find out, we'll talk with Joe Selesky, CEO of CRM Next. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. SageWorks offers banks and credit unions lending, credit risk, and portfolio risk software. By automating the life of the loan with SageWorks, bankers book loans faster and reduce risk. SageWorks provides integrated solutions to more than 1,300 financial institutions. For more information, visit sageworks.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. It is fantastic to have you here with us. And live from our podcast studios in Chicago, we have Joe Seleski. Joe is the CEO of CRM Next Incorporated as a seasoned leader in software digital transformation and financial services. Joe heads CRM Next Strategic Growth for the Americas. CRM Next powers growth, convenience, and service for... Wow. One million bankers, 65,000 branches, and frictionless experience for one billion customers served by large and small banks and credit unions globally. Joe, what a privilege to have you here on the podcast today. It's wonderful to be here, Lou. One million bankers. We'll skip the bankers and light bulb joke there with that big a number and just go right to the meat of the matter. What do you see right now as key barriers to growth? that are impacting financial services today? Lou, that's a great question. Uh, Growth is really being inhibited by friction. Once you purchase something from Amazon, it's literally frictionless for you to buy something else, easier than buying from anybody else on the internet. You know, the challenge in banking today, we have this friction, is it easier for you to get a new product from your bank than going to someone else? Is it easier to get a mortgage from your bank? You know, even as a client at Wells Fargo for 33 years, it was easier for me to get a mortgage at Citibank. So that friction is really what's inhibiting growth. You know, we all build a relationship with a doctor, and some of us talk about the digital bank, and I sort of laugh sometimes and think, well, do we want a digital doctor? Do we just want to self-diagnose on WebMD? I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my daughter would say, who just became a doctor, don't do it. It's a bad idea. You know, I think the same is really true in financial services. I mean, we talk about them being a commodity, but the truth is they have attributes, they have fit, they have needs. The opportunity is you know tremendous. We've had an incredible increase in engagement, but those opportunities to collaborate with a knowledgeable person at the bank and really get help in your financial life is something that we're really missing. Smaller banks and credit unions may be looking at that piece and saying to you, Joe, I'm sold, but where do I start? What do I do? There's really three phases that everyone has to go through. Organize, unify, and transform. Today, 50% of your leads are falling on the floor. Why? Well, there's really no system that's in charge of making sure they get followed up on. 
and that they get to the right person and they get redistributed if that person's not being responsive. So you've got to get organized and look at where you're dropping the ball. From there, you can start to unify. If we were to take those 50% of leads and actually follow up on them, most banks couldn't actually handle the growth without a decline in service level. We are in a hugely tight labor market right now. So unless you provide automation that helps people do servicing tasks more efficiently, you really can't handle growth in your business. So I think that paradox is one where you have to both get organized and start to unify. And then the transformation aspect is what Rocket's done. So work simplification is at the core of your ability to grow. And by the way, you don't have to replace core. You don't have to unplug a bunch of systems. We have to change work design for the team member, just like we changed interaction design for the customer. Hidden behind that is robotic automation, which is exactly what Amazon did. Losing your wallet may live across four systems, stopping cards, reissuing cards. So automating that you know, helps move you forward. From there, you really start to move towards instant results. When you start to look at Rocket for everything, no one walks into the bank wanting an auto loan. Not one person. They walk into the bank wanting to buy a new car. No one walks <laughs> in true. You know, to wanting to do an application. They want to get results. There is no lead at Amazon. And that really leads to this last piece, which is more empowerment. Why do we not use tools that are absolutely free right now to understand the customer. You could sit down with any customer in any bank and have them log into Mint, see what their balances are in the credit card, and offer them a personal line. Do the things that are necessary to free up money for them. You know, there's a number of challenges in that relationship, which isn't about cross-sell. That's just a bad term because I think sales is the wrong term in banking. So if that's the wrong term, and banks aren't approaching it the way that other successful businesses are, what do you feel is the right way to go? We're going back to relationship management. We've seen across a billion customers and a million bankers that with robotic automation, with more empowerment, a given banker can manage relationships with people like your doctor manages relationships with patients. And I think where community banks and credit unions have a tremendous advantage is that they do build on personal relationships. And it's very, very hard for a big retail institution to win over somebody who's really got a relationship with a person at the bank that they trust and who's giving them advice and providing them value. And that really is a huge opportunity when you really have the automation underneath to really facilitate changing the way we literally greet a person as they walk into the bank. You know, today, most bankers greet you with, hi, Lou, I'm Joe, can I help you? You know, that's hilarious. Just think about those words. Can I help you? It's like a double-sided question. Well, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. You know, I'm not sure. You're not sure, right? You know, when they walk into the bank, why don't we just say, hi, Lou, I'm Joe. I can help you. Let's start with a commitment, not a question. Then we have to live to that commitment. Take down the barriers. Take down the friction. 
facilitate getting things done for someone. When you walk into your doctor's office, he doesn't say, can I help you? It's, hi, Joe, how are you feeling, right? And at that point, it's a diagnostic approach. You do a checkup once a year. When was the last time you did a checkup with your bank? That is so true. And we are reaching a point right now in financial services where everyone knows that the financial health of the consumer is paramount. A consumer with great financial health does more business with a bank. Loyalty is cemented because the bank helped get them there. But it sounds like from what you're saying, there are some missing pieces along the way that banks need to grasp onto. Who orchestrates the relationship with the customer? What system understands that customer journey from prospect all the way through perhaps losing that customer and trying to bring them back and the number of different times they become fitted for a certain product. It was interesting too because you mentioned people with good financial health, but Mercedes-Benz sells to aspirational customers, not just people that have affluence. I think the same is true in banking. The real question is how do we help rebuild a reputation in financial institutions for transparency. We don't have to be fiduciaries, but we have to act in the customer's interest and give the customer like Progressive does. We're a few points higher on this product. You can get it cheaper over here, but it'll be frictionless to get it from us, right? That's really gotta be the benefit. People will pay a little bit more for service. And I think that's the real question. What is keeping the bank from being a bank of service? There have been some technology barriers. I mean, we help those get ironed out. It's amazing when you just increase assets by about 10%. If you were to take a look at the small institution or large institution, how many things have to follow to make that work and get a profitable growth in the business? I mean, today, assets are an all-time high in value. There's absolutely no reason that banks and credit unions shouldn't be growing. Now the regulatory pillory is off, and there's a huge opportunity to get back to growth. We've seen it around the world where mobile absolutely provides convenience, you know, but that isn't a replacement for advice, right? That isn't a replacement for service. And when you look at Amazon already becoming a significant commercial lender at a billion dollars last year, is the work that they're doing with Chase just a warm-up for Amazon Prime Credit Union, which I think is likely to occur. Then with that, you know, how does a traditional bank or credit union compete? And the real simple answer is on service. That's absolutely true. You mentioned relationships. We've talked a lot about doctors. You are certainly a doctor of relationships, I would say. Joe, (laughs) thank you so much for stopping by the studio today and being on the podcast. Thank you, Lou. I'll look forward to coming back hopefully again soon. Joe Selesky is the CEO of CRM Next. Be sure to look for Joe on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, the challenge to banking is not simply to grow a product or a service, but to ask whether it's easier to get the product from your bank or somewhere else. Simply put, customers want to engage. They're not just a commodity. They have attributes, fit, and need. Use the customer not as your endpoint, but your starting point. Number two, work simplification is at the core of your ability to grow. 
Change work design for the team member just as you do interaction design or user experience for the customer. It's about getting more done on both ends and recognizing the end game simply. Remember, no one walks into a bank wanting an auto loan. They want a new car. And number three, in sales, consider going back to relationship management as the future of empowerment. A banker can manage relationships with clients just as doctors do with patients and make it personal. Relationships cement loyalty and automation can help. When you're in person, change can I help you to I can help you. Don't miss our immersive annual event, BAI Beacon, which takes place in Orlando, Florida, October 9th through 11th. It takes a team to transform an organization, and each team member has their own area of expertise that's critical to the effort. At BAI Beacon, you can find the topics most relevant to your individual role and regroup at the end of the day with fresh perspective and ideas. To find out more, visit BAIBeacon.com. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the AHA Moment, where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. What was mobile banking like when it first became mobile banking in 2000? Joe Selesky remembers, and he takes us to an aha moment when the power of mobile banking landed literally in his BlackBerry. Listen. I was an early BlackBerry user, and it was just like so great I could get my email. But most of the time, I couldn't respond. So I think my aha was getting this email and going, gosh, you know, instead of sending it to a person, why can't I send it to a thing? That was the beginning of text banking. So why should someone check their balance instead of just having low balance come to you or when a big deposit gets made, an alert coming to you? So we worry less. And I think that was part of my aha was that everybody, no matter who they are, wants to worry less. Still to this day, most banks don't have real-time alerts. In the message, making sure you're aware of other products or services that might be needed for you. you know, we've made interaction with the customer very, very simple. Now we have to make understanding the customer and doing more for the customer much less full of friction. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.